Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No adults. Just us and some meatloaf. Don't worry. They won't tell anyone about you. They promise. Right? We never would have upset you if we knew you had superpowers. What Dustin is trying to say is that they were just scared earlier. That's all. You just wanted to find our friend. Friend? Yeah, friend. Will? What is friend? Is she serious? Um, a friend is someone, someone that you do anything for. You lend them your cool stuff, like comic books and trading cards. And they never break a promise. Especially when they're spit. Spit? A spit swear means you never break your word. It's a bond. That's super important, because friends, they tell each other things. Things that parents don't know. Episode 2 of Stranger Danger. Covering Episode 2 of Stranger Things, Chapter 2, The Weirdo on Maple Street. We're back. It's another Friday. It's another Stranger Danger episode. People, I want to thank you. I've gotten more of a response than I expected. Uh, And believe me, I'm not saying I got a huge response. I'm saying I did get a response. And that's more than I expected. I'm not talking, uh, you know, thousands of listeners. I'm not talking hundreds of listeners. I'm talking tens of dozens, maybe. Uh, And I appreciate every single one of you. And I hope you stick with me, at least through episode two. I'd love to hear from you on Twitter at Geek Mentality. I'd love to hear from you on the website. You can leave uh, comments right on the website, fansnotexperts.com. I mean, iTunes. We're on iTunes. You can put iTunes reviews on there. Only if they're positive, because, um, hell, hell, if they're negative, I don't care. Just to see if anyone's out there uh, would be surprising and exciting. And I just want to say... Thank you. So, where we last left off, young Will has gone missing, and something took him somewhere. And we're pretty positive that that something came from the Hawkins Laboratory. But what? What indeed? And something else escaped from the Hawkins Laboratory, it appears. A young girl, a mysterious girl, who seems to have powers of some sort... She's escaped, and uh, they're looking for her. And as she runs into the woods, she runs into Mike 
Dustin and Lucas who are out there looking for Will. Bum, bum, bum. So that's where we left off last time. And to start this episode, the kids, Lucas, Dustin, and Mike, brought Eleven back to Mike's house. Mike gives her some warm clothes, and she she starts to undress right in front of them, and the kids freak out. Dustin's reaction was very funny. They were all spooked. They didn't know what to do. They were like, we, you know, we need to talk to your parents. You need to go to them right away. And Mike's like, look, this is what's going to happen. She sleeps here tonight. You're letting a girl... Just listen. In the morning, she sneaks around my house, goes to the front door, and rings my doorbell. My mom will answer and know exactly what to do. So send her back to Penhurst, wherever she comes from. We'll be totally in the clear. And tomorrow night, we go back out. And this time, we find Will. Meanwhile, the police show up at Joyce Byers' house. You know, she's telling them that they got a phone call. The phone is fried. Uh, and he's like, oh, wow, quite a lightning storm. And, you know, Joyce doesn't seem to be buying it. Now, she's erratic already. But she doesn't buy that it was just a, a lightning storm. There was some kind of noise. There was some kind of strange, like, monster or animal. And um, she knows she heard Will's voice. Hopper's like, uh, you know, prank calls come in all the time. Have you heard from Lonnie? Have you talked to Lonnie? Uh, and w- one thing that I, r- I really liked and made me just love Hopper even more, um, Jonathan, uh, Will's brother, went out, you know, and said, you know, let me go talk to my dad. Hey, Hopper. Hopper. Let me go. I'm sorry. To Lonnie's. You know, if, if Will's there, it, it means he ran away. And if he sees the cops, they'll think he's in trouble. He'll, he'll hide. You know, he's good at hiding. Yeah. Well, cops are good at finding, okay? Stay here with your mom. She needs you. He gives him this little punch in the arm. And it wasn't like, you know, like a, a bully punching a, a kid. It wasn't like a guy, you know, trying to cause pain. It was like a, hey, man, you need to be strong. And I don't know. I just totally thought that was, I dug it. I thought it was awesome. So then we cut back to Mike's house and boom, they're making Eggos. And my first thought is, Eggos, that's so 80s. And then my second thought was, oh, yeah, Eggos. This is only my second time watching these episodes. So certain things are coming back to me at certain times. So Mike is eating his breakfast with the rest of the family. And he's kind of poking fun at Nancy because... He knows that she had Steve in her bedroom last night. Um, and they're just fighting like brothers and sisters uh, normally do. But Mike ends up taking some extra Eggos down to Eleven, who's still in the basement. She hasn't moved. Uh, and he's like, look, this is what's going to happen. Just like he said before, you're going to go around the house. You're going to knock on the door. You're going to ask my mother for help. No. No? No. Bad people. There are bad people out there. And uh, she she scares Mike. You know, she spooks him out. I think she makes a little hand gesture, like a little gun gesture with the hand that there are bad people. And uh, Mike's like, okay, um, we won't do that right now. Just stay here for the day. So cut over to the high school where we see uh, Nancy hanging out with Barb. Barb. Barb has become a fan favorite. And really, um, she's not in the show as much as uh, I originally thought. Um, We'll get back to that later. So, of course, we see Steve and Steve's friends who are the typical 80s high school douchebags. Uh, and they're all like, oh, you know, we're going to have a party. My parents are out of town. You know, my, my dad's going on a trip and my mom doesn't trust him. So it, it already shows like Steve comes from like a, a well-off family, but maybe not the best family at home. And the friends are like, oh, come on over. And Nancy's like, it's a Tuesday night. Oh, it's a Tuesday night. Who cares? You could tell that they're, they're those guys in high school that just had no real supervision. They could do whatever they want. 
they look over and they see Jonathan Byers is there hanging up a uh, a you know poster, a missing poster for Will, and they see him um, and they kind of look at him with pity. Uh, at least Nancy goes over and and you know tries to be nice to him. Steve gives that little you know wave. At least it it just shows that um, Steve's not completely horrible. Uh, I read somewhere where they were going to make Steve like you know assault Nancy, like like almost have a rape scene. But the actor was too likable, so they kind of tweaked the way the character is. And I'm and I'm glad because you see him in this and you 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 know you want to really dislike him so far. And then you see him in like the Domino's commercials and as doing the Ferris Bueller thing, and it's it's pretty funny. But yeah, so they they also you hear an announcement that that night there's going to be an assembly at the football field at 8 p.m. for everyone to come and just kind of you know like a, I don't know if it's a vigil but some kind of assembly for Will. We cut back to uh, Mike's home and we realize that Mike actually skipped school and he drove his awesome 80s banana seat bike back to his house when his mother goes away and he spends time with Eleven. Goes back and hangs out with her and this started showing me the like the the et stuff you know where elliot is showing et around the house uh this is um mike showing 11 around the house a lazy boy chair uh toys um so i just i i, I love these these little nods to the 80s stuff there they can't be enough of them because they're subtle they're not over the top like even the first last episode there was a, a typewriter typing missing persons and to me i look back at it now i'm like oh my god that's a reference to jaws and the typing of shark attack it has to be it has to be so while mike is showing 11 um stuff around the house we cut back to jonathan byers who's driving out of town obviously he's not listening to hopper he's going to see his dad Flash plays on the radio. Um, they have a flashback to uh, in Jonathan's room. Jonathan's showing Will, you know, music, um, showing him the Clash, talking about cool music, you know, kind of trying to show him and expose him to some cool 80s music. Meanwhile, Joyce is on the phone with Lonnie, arguing because Lonnie didn't show up. He was going to take Will to a baseball game, and of course he he didn't show up. But John, Jonathan just closes the door and like, let's focus on the music. And there was an Evil Dead poster on the wall, which was pretty, pretty cool. One thing I forgot to mention, there is a scene where Matthew Modine um, listens in on Joyce's phone call to Will. Uh, so uh, he is aware that Will is missing now. He's aware that there's a missing boy. He's aware, of course, of the missing girl. And he's aware that something has escaped from the lab. But now that he's aware of Will being missing, that leads to something pretty soon. I'll get to that. I just made a note that says Winona Wright is really good. She is really, really good in this. Um, I think I wrote that literally because she had to go to her job. She had to go to her work and get a phone and get an advance and um, from her job because her phone fried. And the manager was hesitant, but you know he he understood and he was he was good about it, which was nice. But just her acting in that, I just wrote down. Winona Ryder is really good. While she's out of the house, while Jonathan's out of the house, Matthew Modine and his cronies show up at the house. They're pretending to look like, they look like they're pretending to be like uh, surveyors or, or, you know, salesmen or something. But they get in their hazmat suits and they, they start looking all around Will's place with these instruments and these machines. And Matthew Modine goes right into the shed and he finds this ooze. And he's like, interesting. You know, he knew what it was right away. And I'm thinking to myself, is that what Hopper saw in the last episode? It was so dark. I, I didn't pick up on it. 
but that has to be it. So Brenner now knows that the disappearance of Will is related to the, the, uh, the stuff going on at the lab. We cut back to um, Mike and Eleven in Mike's bedroom, and Mike showing off his Star Wars toys. I mean, boom, that's directly out of out of E.T. I mean, E.T. Would, Elliot was showing E.T. his Star Wars toys. But the best line was when um, Mike said to Eleven, What knows you of Reggie? His name's Yoda. He can, can use, use the, the force, force to, to move, move things, things with, with his, his mind. mind. And I'm like, perfect. Eleven's like, yeah, I can do that. And so, you know, she's, she's checking out the room, looking at posters, smiling at, at different things, and she sees this picture. She sees this picture of the four of them at a science fair. Lucas, Dustin, Mike, and Will. And she just looks at him. She looks right at Will. And she recognizes him. And I didn't remember that. I was like, whoa, I forgot about that. She looks right, and she starts to, like, freak out a little bit. She recognizes him, and he's like, you recognize him? You know him? But then Mike tries to get Eleven to leave. They wanted to go somewhere. I'm guessing they, maybe they were going to go look in the woods again or something. But Mike's mom shows up, and they ran back upstairs, and Mike, Mike's mom, of course, hears him. So he hides Eleven in the closet. He goes downstairs and said, you know, just says, oh, I'm not feeling good. I'm sick, blah, blah, blah. But because Eleven's hiding in the closet, she gets a little claustrophobic and has a flashback. She calls Matthew Modine's character Brenner. She calls him Papa. And I was so sad. And two guys in shirts are dragging her down the hallway and they throw her in a closet. And she's like, Papa, Papa. And he's, you could almost see Matthew Modine almost cared, almost cared. Not enough, but he almost cared. Meanwhile, the cops find out about Benny. They find out about Benny and they head over to his diner. And that's where they see him there, dead, with a gun in his hand. They stage it to look like a suicide. It was sad because that guy deserved better. That guy actually was helping Eleven. He did not deserve to go out like that. We cut back to Jonathan showing up at Lonnie's house and just kind of going quickly through the house looking for Will. His dad comes out and like almost tackles him but in like a like a roughhousing trying to be loving kind of way. They spend a few minutes together and you could just see that Lonnie is a bit of a prick. I mean he's like uh, oh Will will show up. He's probably just you know running around. Don't worry about it. You know your mom's really good mom. You know you're here. And Will's missing. Great mom, mom of the year. So you can tell that Lonnie is a bit of a prick. He wants them to move out of that weird town. He's like, oh, is Hopper still the, 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 the sheriff? You need to get out of that town. Come into the big city. And you could just see that, you know, Jonathan's like, you know, I don't, I don't need your help. He just wanted to check. He, didn't, he wasn't looking for his dad. He wasn't looking for a handout. He wasn't looking for love. He just went there to see if Will was there. Will's not there. He doesn't give a shit. He leaves. So we're back at Mike's house now, and he lets uh, Lucas and Dustin in on everything he learned from Eleven, about the bad men, about uh, the fact that she recognized Will in the photograph. Uh, and they're like, look, we need to go tell your mom. Oh, also, there's a Dark Crystal poster on the wall. Boom, 80s. So Lucas is like, this 
enough, enough of this. This is crazy. We need to tell your parents now. He goes to open the door. Boom, the door closes. He goes to open the door again. Boom, the door closes. And uh, they look over at 11. She's got a nosebleed. And she's like, no. Okay, I'm good. Uh, we cut back to the uh, police station. And Hopper is questioning one of Benny's friends. You know, he's like, oh, you know, that's not like Benny. Benny, Benny wouldn't have done that. We're going fishing here. We had stuff. He was really looking forward to going fishing. That doesn't seem right. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, the only thing was a kid that was there. And Hopper's like, a kid? What do you mean a kid? Now, this is almost that mistaken identity because it was Eleven that was there. And, and this guy's thinking, was it Will? And the guy's like, that kid had a shaved head. You know, no, that, that's not the buyer's boy. This, this one had like a crew cut. And he thinks it's a boy. And Hopper's like, okay, but if he had a, if, if, if he had a crew cut, if he had a haircut, could have been him? He's like, I guess it could have been. So that's the first real lead that Hopper had um, on, on, on a kid at all. Any, any kid, you know? I also wrote down that Nancy tries to talk Barb into going to Steve's. You know, Barb was not into this. Barb is not into this. And Nancy's just too smitten with Steve, you know, that she's kind of being drugged down into the, the group of D-bags uh, and, you know, forsaking her friend Barb in the, in the meantime. So we cut back to Mike's house and they're having dinner. There's uh, Lucas and Dustin are there also having dinner. And that's when Nancy's like, hey, you know, there's a big assembly tonight at 8 p.m. at the field. It would be weird if I wasn't there. And her mom's like, I don't want you out. But she's like, everyone's going to be there. She's like, okay, you know, just be back by 10 o'clock. You can bring your brother and their friends. And they're like, no, 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 we don't want to go. And at that same moment, Eleven walks downstairs and goes from the base, goes from upstairs down into the basement. She cuts through right in front of everybody, but the parents have their back turns. And the kids' reactions, I, I laughed out loud. I mean, it was hilarious. Mike spits up his milk and Dustin slams on the table to get their attention. And just like, sorry. So we cut back to Hopper and he has a search party. And I assume they're, you know, near the diner now, I think is where they were because of, you know, the lead that they might be having. There was a kid there. And actually, the science teacher, he's the one who find, has a lead. He finds this uh, little bit of hospital gown clothing right outside a tunnel. And they're like, no kid's going to climb through that tunnel. And Hopper's like, if a kid is afraid enough, a kid's going to climb through that tunnel. And they kind of follow where the tunnel they think leads. And of course, they look up and they see the Hawkins Laboratory. That's not where Will's hiding. That is how Eleven escaped. So Mike and the boys uh, stay behind and they bring dinner down to 11. Lucas is still very hesitant about this. You know, he's like, we need to find our friend. We don't need to be focusing on this. And 11's like, what is friend? They're like, are you kidding me? Do you know what a friend is? And they're like, you know, a friend is someone who doesn't break promises. A friend is someone that you do anything for. They're like, you know, we apologize. These guys, we don't want to send you to the bad people. These guys are just scared. And Dustin had the best line, which is, we never would have upset you if we knew you had superpowers. <laughs> I just love that line. Um, meanwhile, you know, Nancy talked Barb into going over to Steve's house. You could see that, you know, Nancy's, she even like changes what she's wearing to be a little more, you know, uh, I guess desirable for young Steve. Uh, and Barb is like, come on, what the hell are you doing here? You know, we see that Hopper is depressed. He's got some lady friend over his house and he's like, you know, there hasn't been a missing person here since the 20s. There hasn't been a suicide since the 60s. He's like, do you think I have bad luck? You think there's just like a dark cloud following me? And you can see he's starting to get depressed and there's something more going on with Hopper that we find out later, but we don't discuss right now. 
Now we cut back to Mike's basement, which to me, looking at it now, is an awesome scene. They're like, do you know where our friend is? Do you know where Will is? She looks at the Dungeons and Dragons board. She picks up the wizard piece and says, Will. She throws all the other pieces off the board, flips the board upside down. Upside down, right? I mean, come on. Awesome. Puts Will right in the middle and says, hiding. They're like, hiding from what? She takes the piece of the Demogorgon and slams it on the table. That represents the monster, and that's the moment where the boys start realizing whatever is after Will, we're going to start calling it the Demogorgon because that's the monster. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Ah, awesome. And I believe that's the last we see of the boys and Eleven for this episode. Cut back to Jonathan Byers, who's now in the woods. Well, the woods where Mike's, uh, where Will's bicycle was last seen. He brings his camera, and he's just taking pictures of things, looking for anything that um, you know might seem out of the ordinary. And he hears this crazy scream again. And he's like, what? He runs like he's going to go save the day or someone's in trouble. But it's just Nancy and Steve and Steve's jerky friends and Barb. And they're, they're just hanging out by the pool and, you know, threatening to throw people in. And, you know, Jonathan stays there and he's just kind of creeping around, taking pictures of them as they're doing this. You know, Nancy shotguns a beer. Barb tries to shotgun a beer, cuts her hand. She's not really into it. You can see she's not into it. She just wants to leave, but she tries doing it. She cuts her hand. She's really not happy. Cut back, and uh, Joyce Byers has her new phone. She's just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Gets another phone call. This time she actually hears Will say, Mom, freaks her the F out. The phone, the phone burns again. Like, the lights start flashing and flickering, okay? <laughs> then the stereo turns on again, and it's, um, it's, should I stay or should I go? And it's like, oh, it's so cool. She's freaking out. Stereo lights are flashing. This thinks that's coming through the wall and she just which reminds me of Freddy Krueger and she and there's a Jaws poster on the wall I love all these little 80s references and she runs out of there and you know the music stops the music starts again and says should I stay or should I go and it's almost like she th- she's thinking is this Will is this something should I stay or should I go and she goes back to the house pretty pretty awesome so the last last segment of the show Nancy wants to hang out and stay with Steve. The typical, let's come with me to my friend's house and I'll leave me behind. I'll be fine. I'll get my own ride home. Barb, you should probably go because I'm going to stay with Steve and get naughty. Douchey friend move, but it happens, especially at that age. Um, and Barb's like, you got to be kidding me. Barb, Barb's like, you know, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to just hang out by the pool. She's a good friend. She's just like, okay, Nancy, I'm going to wait for you. You know, when you're ready to go, I'll be there. I'll be here because I'm Barb. I'm your friend. Um, and Jonathan's still out there snapping pictures, snapping pictures of Barb. But then he goes to change his film. At that moment, Barb is bleeding from her cut and it, the, the bleeding hits the pool. Now, it wasn't blood that attracted the Demogorgon to Will. Will was just in the woods. At the wrong. Will was riding his bike at the wrong place at the wrong time. But Barb notices she's bleeding. She looks down in the pool. She's like, oh, I'm bleeding. Boom, the lights go out. She hears a noise and... The Demogorgon. Boom. Barb's gone. Jonathan looks up. He sees nothing. And we cut back to Steve and Nancy starting to get it on. Oh, Nancy. I mean, she looked so, like, way too young and innocent to be doing this. I'm like, Nancy, no. But Steve has got his claws on her. And that's when Hazy Shade of Winter comes on. And boom, the show Cuts to credits and boom, episode two, The Weirdo on Maple Street is 
done. Woo! So what did we learn here? Well, we learned that um, that Eleven knows something about Will, somehow, some way. We learn that the Demogorgon isn't just after Will, because Barb is gone. We learn that uh, the Dr. Brenner, they know there's a connection between Will and the monster. They don't know yet that there's a connection between Will and the monster and Eleven. We know that Will is trying to communicate with his mother through, seems like, phones or electronics, uh, stereo. Uh, we know that Steve uh, is, is too good of a sweet talker. And really, that's, that's about it. I mean, Barb's gone. The search for Will heats up. They think maybe it has something to do with the lab. They don't realize that they're actually tracking Eleven. I mean, great episode. Can't wait till next week. Um, I mean, the show just gets better. The, the kids get funnier. The mystery gets bigger. Eleven shows off some of her powers, which is awesome. We get a glimpse, a better glimpse at the Demogorgon, his, the way the mouth opens up. I, I just want to call it the Demogorgon. I mean, that's it. I mean, that is the episode. And I guess the weirdo on Maple Street is, uh, I think it's Jonathan. I think it's Jonathan Byers. I think... The teen jerks think of him as like being a weirdo, and that's what they think of him as. Or it could just be the whole Byers family, which is unfortunate because Will's such a nice kid who um, doesn't deserve any of this, you know? But when you see Jonathan creeping around taking photos, it does come off a little weird. Anyway, this is it. This is episode two of Stranger Danger. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for subscribing. So you listen to this episode, but how can you subscribe? Maybe you found me on fansnotexperts.com. Maybe you found the tweet that I put out at Geek Mentality. But how do you subscribe? Easy. There's a link on every episode. There's a link to the subscribing on iTunes, subscribing through the RSS feed, subscribing through Google Play. Yes, I guess people do that. Subscribing through Stitcher. We are on all those platforms. You can find everything at fansnotexperts.com. If you search for Stranger Danger in any of those in any of those services, you will find us. And of course, Stranger Danger is part of the Geek Mentality podcast feed. So if you're already subscribed to Geek Mentality, you're already getting this episode. And if you're subscribed to both of them, for whatever reason, I think I'm the only one who is. Awesome. Thank you very much. This is Mike. And until next Friday... Beware the Demogorgon. I'm just putting my microphone further away from my face. That's not experts.